It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter. And of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And as usual, I'm joined by my old buddy, my old pal, at Ryan Peacock NFL. Very hard to be upbeat, Ryan. Very hard, man. Yeah, I, don't, I, I didn't really want to record a podcast tonight, to be honest. Uh, not sure what I'm going to say that's uh, going to help. And it could be rather negative. But uh, apart from that, looking forward to it. And uh, great to be here. <laughs> Sunny and cheery. Yeah, I don't know. I I kind of in the mode. I was in that sort of F it mode. I'm very tired also. But I'm in that kind of just <laughs> F it mode because I'm kind of thinking, do we delve into the stats? Do we talk about the fact that it was rainy conditions and that the ball was a little bit of a slippy soap? Or, you know, like, what do we... What do we did say, you, bro? I mean, let, let me ask you a question. Did, did you enjoy the days when we used to do a football podcast? Yeah. yeah, because right now I don't know if it's football anymore. And I know that's really over the top. And obviously I'm referring to the Clay Matthews hit on the quarterback. Um, and I know we're going to get onto that more later. And I guess that for a lot of people, including myself, it's the thing that's kind of dominated my thoughts all day. It wasn't the reason we lost. Um, it was the reason why we didn't win last week. Um, but it wasn't the reason we lost this week. There was a lot more to this week. Yeah. Um, but I think that right now that's probably the brunt of everyone's anger, if you like. Yeah, and that's kind of right. Let's go there. Let's go there. Um, that's what really that's ups, that's what's upset me more than anything else is that here we are and we're going to talk about this Clay Matthews hit and it is bogus and ridiculous. And I kind of it. Um, I think I maybe said this before. Um, I remember like no, maybe I won't. No, I'll leave that to a different podcast. Let me just leave that flowing out there. Um, but there's times in your life where sometimes you go through a really bad phase. And it gets so bad that it's really, really funny. And that's kind of what I thought about this Clay Matthews hit. When I saw the flag, like every other fan, I was so annoyed and, and peed off. But now looking back at it, it's really funny. And I just wonder what had happened. Like, I wonder is Clay, like, one yellow flag or one kind of rough on the passer call away. Even in his private life, if someone was to go, rough on the passer. I mean, would he, would he crack? And would he just start, like, chopping people in bits with axes I mean how close is he to breaking point and I just think it'd be funny from here on in if the refs do collude and just throw one on him every game just to see how far we can push him like that MTV show Boiling Point well it's funny to me well as as you all know today I was watching conspiracy movies about how the NFL rigs games and uh, sets up their officiating crews but obviously you know I'm sure there's no truth in it but (laughs) I think it's probably important to look at and I didn't realise this was a a Twitter account by the way so if you're out there and you want to you want to read the uh, BS tweets from this account, then please do it. It's at NFL Football Ops, as in the football operations, and they tweeted this. And there's a video accompanied by the hit. This is a foul for roughing the passer. The defender lands with all or most of the defender's weight on the passer. Rule 12, Section 2, Article 9B, in brackets. Don't know if that's important. I'm not going to bother reading that rule because we know that whilst, yes, he had to land on him, of course he did, he hit him from front on, but we also know if we watch the rest of football, anyone watching Red Zone last night or any highlights, we'll see that there was multiple hits across the league, including one on Aaron Rodgers in the same game, Mm -hmm. which was worse, and and at very least the same as the Clay Matthews one, and most of them, if not nearly all of them, did not receive a flag or a penalty. And I think this is the problem I've got with the rule. 
I have no problem with trying to make it safer to try and ensure that injuries like what happened to Aaron Rodgers last season doesn't happen again because at the end of the day we want the best players on the field. But you have to have a level playing field and my problem with the rule is this. If you cannot essentially enforce the rule or you cannot make a decision on the rule in real time, then you can't have it as a rule. Mm. If you can't consistently call that rule and make a, make a correct decision every time on it, then how can that be a rule? You know, like the, the holding rule, for example, I know some holds get missed on the line, but the holding rule is quite often very obvious and probably easy to call for a trained eye as an NFL referee. They're having problems calling this consistently and getting it correct time and time again. So you, therefore, you can't have this as a rule if you cannot consistently call it correctly. Yeah. There's, there should be is a, that fair enough? There should be a, um, a no... There should be no bullshit policy, basically. Like, the thing is, is that most of the time when someone comes to anybody with a grievance, you can usually... Word of the podcast. You can usually go and, you know, say, well, that's quite obviously BS and see through it. And the same applies in most things. Like, for instance, they're trying to make the NFL too technical to a degree. And it should be just kind of... Not backyard rules, but for instance, right? You'll find this thing, um, which is kind of a misnomer in the in the public eye. I'm very tired. I, I kind That's of feel like weird. my brain's a lag. Um, is that they look for a loophole, you know? And the law isn't actually that fierce. Um, as part of what I did in college, um, they brought us to a law court and they sat us down and we had to look at these small petty things. And I remember a case, and this is going somewhere, by the way. Um, I remember a case of a guy who got uh, pulled over for drink driving and they checked his blood before his urine or his urine before his blood whatever it was and the solicitor got up and you could tell you could see the glint in his eye and it was like i've got you now thinking it was like an episode of csi and he said you know they checked this before this and that's not how the procedure is supposed to go and the judge goes i don't care he was drunk it showed him both so you're done and that was it and it was a real and he thought he'd like haha i got a loophole trying to make it more complex than it is when really in an actual fact and actually how the law works in real life most of the time is you know, that's balls, that doesn't stand, here's an OBS approach. And we saw the same with the catch rule. Is it a catch, is it not? We had to have this amount of arse cheeks on the ground before it was a catch and these amount of fingers. And if he texted his mother on Tuesday, it didn't count. You know, we've seen them try to do away with that and try to make that simpler. But now they've made this issue more complex. And why I kind of do go about it in this roundabout way is, is that the NFL have said that this isn't a new rule, that this isn't something that they've brought in. This has always been there but basically hasn't been enforced until now, let's say, or hasn't been as strictly monitored. But like you said, it's still not because it's still inconsistent and it is ruining the game for sure. Um, I think here's my is, and I, here's my take well, real quick and I want to see if you agree with it. I think that not unless it's quite obviously like what Barr did to Rogers, where the ball was gone and he just smushed him into the ground, which wasn't yes, called for a penalty, a by hit. the way, which was a late hit. Not unless it's a late hit, I think you should be allowed to clatter at the quarterback and slam him into the ground. If his O-line's going to let someone get behind him, I think you smush him into the ground. Now, unfortunately, yes, that makes the game unwatchable for us as fans because Aaron Rodgers or whoever's your quarterback gets injured. But that's the risk you take in playing this game because it's a contact sport. I think that it should go back to the old way. Now, someone will go, oh, you want quarterbacks to be injured. I don't want quarterbacks to be injured. But what I'm saying is you should be allowed to hit the quarterback if you can get to him. And that's the whole, that's the whole point. No? Uh, yeah, I kind of agree, and, and and I think the problem with it is that we don't really know now what is acceptable to do in terms of the tackle on the quarterback. So 
there was a there was a good tweet I saw, and and I'm really sorry I can't remember who tweeted it. It was about lunchtime today. It's a long time ago, and um, they basically said that now when your team gets a sack, like you used to be sort of jumping around, high fiving your mates, throwing beer in the air. Now when your team gets a sack, everyone stops, pauses, and waits. Yeah, and that's just taking the fun out of the game, you know. So it's a bit like, you know, every score in play being reviewed. You know, that wasn't too bad because quite often. It's either an obvious score or the something a bit fish and you're waiting for the review anyway. But this is kind of taking the fun out of that defensive thing. Something that happens quick. You saw how quickly Clay Matthews sort of appeared from the line, appeared where all that, that sort of blocking and shoving and pushing was going on, and all of a sudden, boom, he's out hit. That should be an exciting play. You should be able to, okay, it wasn't a sack, that one, mm-hmm. but it was a good hit on the QB. Um, you know, I, I just don't really understand what it is that we're watching now and, and the the bit I guess I don't get as well to try and to try and jump this for a bit. Obviously, I, I know you're not a massive baseball fan, but I think you can appreciate there are every about three or four times a game there's something exciting happens in baseball, and one of those is uh, <laughs> is where is when essentially the runners going from third base to home plate and the throws coming into the catcher and there's sort of this at some point they're going to collide moment, mm. and that's an exciting moment in baseball. But it's, it's got to a sad state of affairs, and this is not to have a pop at baseball, but baseball's obviously, yes, there's contact involved quite often in baseball, but it's not what it's known for. But now you've actually got it's legally to have a bigger smash on a baseball field at home plate than it is hitting a quarterback in the NFL, which is known for having that contact and that physicality. So what's happened here? I don't, don't really understand what's going on. Uh, I don't understand what I'm watching. I, I don't know... Now, if, you, if you're a kid out there growing up to play the game, play on offense, because by the time you get to the big leagues, mm. de- defenders will just be out, have to sort of stand out there so there's something to throw the ball against. They won't even be allowed to run around. It's getting pointless. Um, and, I, and I kind of feel for players that are having to second-guess everything they do on the field. And this is why I think, I don't know, you're either going to see this continued increase in pointless penalties or you're going to see stuff like we saw last week where Mike Daniels kind of stopped because he, he, you know, he didn't want to get caught for anything, didn't want to do anything too bad thought the ball was out already it wasn't mm. you know we're just it's, it's just kind of uh, defense is dead and, and and i think the nfl really needs to look at it well it's going to get to the point where if a defensive player gets to the quarterback and can basically tag him and and hit him well then the play has to be called dead because i don't understand how the defensive player is supposed to do anything else because if you go and wrap yeah, them up, and you, then you get done for it. So you know. Absolutely, and you see it in training camp, don't you? When the when the quarterbacks have the red jerseys on, yeah. you know, and you see defensive ends and whatever they're coming around, and they just sort of tap the guy, tag him, and and you're right. It's, it, it does it get to that point? Yeah. You know, I mean, I play flag football, um, and and do they do they need to wear the little flags like you just said? You know, it's where does it stop? And, and I just don't really get it. I think Clay Matthews said in his uh, post game interview that he thinks that it's all getting a. It's not words aren't exact, but basically the league was getting soft. Mm. Um, said that he'd watched the video from the week before, tried to do what they said. Um, he said, "Yes, obviously he came down on top of him, but what else are you going to do when you're tackling a guy front on?" You know, he doesn't know from one week to the next. Um, I thought something was telling from last week's hit that he, he got penalised for. That was going to be used on the training video, and then and we saw from multiple accounts that 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 play wasn't even on the video. Um, they didn't put it out as a training tip. So then what, did they change their mind? I don't I don't understand. And then when you look as well, I think one of the reasons for last week when they tried to justify the call was the fact that Clay Matthews had picked up and driven down. Mm. 
not that any of us saw that on the actual game tape. Nobody saw him being uh, picking the QB up and driving him down to the floor. And then look at the, I, I forget the guy's name, um, on the on the Washington team last night. But he does pick up Aaron Rodgers, throws him into the floor. Yeah. And that's not called. You know, I, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand anymore. And I know there's a lot of people out there who don't get it and don't understand it. Um, it's You know, it's not just me and you, but it's frustrating to watch. But I have to say, like we said at the start, you know, it, it's it's a frustrating moment. I think it's obviously a big topic at the moment in the NFL. It wasn't the reason we lost last night, but it was certainly something to talk about. Yeah, and to finally sort of end on this, the, the competition committee are meeting about it, and apparently this is going to be on the agenda, but you can, you bet your bottom dollar, it's like anything else, you know when you start arguing with someone and you realise that they realise they're wrong, and then they just keep on going to double down, which is effectively what the NFL have done. Um, but defensive lineman William Hayes for the Dolphins Tory's ACL on Sunday because he was trying not to put his full body weight on Derek Carr while he was sacking him. So he's after ripping up his ACL. He's out for the year solely because of this new rule, which is an abomination. Pathetic. The guy's potentially risking his career there to try and look after someone else's. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but like we sort of said at the top, this game was not lost because Clay Matthews uh, was was hit with a penalty. It was one of the more farcical things, especially because it just came shortly after Aaron Rodgers was put down. Uh, but certainly wasn't the reason that we lost. If I can sum it up this way and see if you can see it any different, was is our offense sucked, our defense sucked, our special teams um, was okay. Um, apart from that, just redonkulous. I called it a trick play um, last night, and again, you know, the pedantic police jumped in. It wasn't a trick play, right? All right, get it. <laughs> All right, Jesus Christ, it was a. What a fake, a uh, fake field goal attempt, which was dismal. But like you raised on um, pre-pod, um, J.K. Scott, he's a 17.8 quarterback rating. Would you uh, see him yep. as the new backup? Uh, well, uh, no. Um, <laughs> but I did want to ask you, because I, I know you're a lover of stats, and I, I did read this, and I thought it was quite amusing that you can get a rating of 17.8 when you didn't actually complete a pass. Yeah. Like, how does that work? Well, to put it... So, because... Put it into perspective, go on, go on. right? Nate, Nate Peterman. Yep. Peterman uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, yeah, the uh, the, the interception machine. Exactly. Uh, he had a quarterback rating of zero. Yet, if you go out, if me and you, Rhino, were to go out onto an NFL field and to try beat a starting quarterback for the quarterback rating, if we went and leathered each ball into the ground, um, well, then we'd come away with a quarterback rating. I think it's 37 or 37.5. So to get anything less than that, you have to be doing something pretty tragic. Um, which Nathan Peterman came out away with a zero, so that's uh, that's quite impressive. Do yeah. you reckon that's the first starting quarterback in the history of the NFL to get a zero? I know you probably can't answer that. I don't know. I thought I read into it for the radio that there was a few lads that did something similar that they had zero quarter. I think there's only three quarterbacks in the NFL history or something that had went away of the game with a zero or something like that. That's unbelievable. Weird. Wow. Okay. But um, well, come here to me. I tell you what, I've got another interesting stat for you though, and it's a result of that J.K. Scott throw. Oh yeah. Is that uh, Mason Crosby now has as many targets as Mercedes Lewis <laughs> it, in one? And I have to say, yeah. I have to say, I have to own up. That's not my. I don't do stats. I don't do research, as everyone knows. Um, <laughs> that is, that was courtesy of the power sweep. Yeah. Uh, our friends over in the states. So yeah, yeah, I liked that one. Good old John Mirodink and Gary. Um, so let's let's look at this game then, right? So 
I don't know. Uh, I didn't want to. I know. We're, we're gonna have to dig in. <laughs> we 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 dilly that dilly dilly. We have dilly dilly dally. Can we not long. just get? Can we not? Let's just. Get, oh, we're playing the Bills next week. Wait, that's gonna be easy. Yet they've trashed the Vikings. Which look this. Oh yeah, yeah. This league hang is on, just hang ridiculous. On. I remember us both agreeing how it was gonna be easy against the Redskins. We're gonna win. Uh, and how the Bills just destroyed one of the favorite teams in the in the whole of the NFL to make the Super Bowl. Yeah. So the Bills are now the new Super Bowl favorites in my eyes. So. <laughs> Well, I did say this game, I and, I, and I've done this on Ray, and they, you know what, usually they don't tweet out the odds and the spread, which I'm happy about because it usually goes pretty darly. Um, But they did this week, which was great, because I said, oh, there's going to be a blowout. This was a lock. It was a blowout, <laughs> uh, but for the wrong side. Uh, this game was nuts, and here's my question to you, and we, we'll sort of get right into the crux of things, and this is how I kind of summarise the game. Okay. Now, I saw Aaron Rodgers, and I went and sent you a message privately, because there's some stuff that you just we just don't put out on the group account. Um, I saw that Aaron Rodgers' body language from the very start seemed really weird. Now, at a time, I was like, oh, maybe yeah. I'm just psycho-babbling it too much because I saw him kind of laugh to McCarthy in the sidelines. I was like, oh, he knows something we don't. Come back on the cards. Uh, and it didn't happen. But he looked kind of annoyed uh, off the bat, to me anyway. But what do I know? Um, so here's how I'd summarize yeah. the game. Aaron Rodgers, a load of attempts, um, a load of drops, especially on uh, third down from the likes of Cobb and that howler by Lance Kendricks. Alex Smith on the opposite side, mm. not as much. We ran the ball well, but then just didn't run it. Uh, they ran the ball well with a really old dude, and it was gained success, and our defense, especially at the safety <laughs> level, was pretty trash. I mean, that's the game. Is that not the game? Can we get on to something else like yeah, goods yeah. now? Yeah, and I love it as well. Yes, we are that petty that we're not naming him. He's essentially become uh, like Voldemort. We're not going to name him. He's just that old dude <laughs> that ran for 120 yards and two touchdowns. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, um, Yeah. Look, my guess is, and I, I love it when you ask me questions and you ask seven questions and then I've got like this memory game and I have to remember each individual question. Yeah, it's um, I'll do my best here. I know, I know. It's um, Right, here we go. So I think one of the first points was uh, Aaron Rodgers' attitude. And, yeah, you messaged me that one. Um and, and, and I got it. And, and I think that what was getting to him was probably that he also subscribes to Game Pass and his <laughs> his coverage of the game was probably quite sketchy. Yeah, uh, He probably watched the total, uh, the first half got maybe a total of about seven minutes all in all. And Ryan, uh, as did most of us. We saw that before. Yep. Do you know that gif of him throwing the iPad to the floor? That isn't on a play. He's, he just can't get connected to Game Pass. That's, that's the truth. We can release yeah. that now. He's just... This is right. He's just trying to watch Red Zone. It uh, just didn't work. <laughs> but no, I mean, I saw what you're saying. I mean, let's face it, Aaron Rodgers is uh, a beautiful man. Yeah. Um, but he can sometimes come across as a bit of a moody, sulky man. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, two seconds later, he has his, uh, what was it, great crush or whatever it was. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and he's, he's pulling comebacks and Hail Mary's out of his arse. Arse. Um, so... So, look, yeah, I got it. I mean, I'd, I'd be pretty peeved as well if I was throwing balls at people into the numbers and they were dropping them. And I'd be pretty peeved if, you know, the kind of things were happening. Plus, it was raining, you know. He's, he's, you know no one's ever that happy in the rain apart from an Irishman. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if we maybe read too much into it at the time, but it certainly did feel like there was a bit of sulking going on. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Jay Cutler-level sulking. Um and I, I don't know, did did we need him to go up and down the sideline there? Was he sulking because actually he felt frustrated in his own ability to be the Aaron Rodgers that we've kind of come to get to know because of the knee injury? Um, 
I think there's probably it was just a hell of a lot of frustration there, and I don't think it was so much a, a sulk, as I say, I, probably the wrong word to use earlier. Yeah. Um, but I think it was probably a frustration in in the fact that he's feeling limited. You can see him keep wanting to go off on them little scrambles, which he's so good at. Mm. Um, but obviously, this isn't a 100% Aaron Rodgers. And whilst this Aaron Rodgers is still far better than many other QBs in the league, it's probably a frustration in the fact that he's stuck there and then a frustration in the performance of others on, off on offense. Um, quickly to go on to the run game, uh, I think that's a really interesting one because I think in pre-pod, I, I, I always get that wrong. I always try and say pre-production. Mm. That's right, pre-prod, isn't it? Prod, yeah. And I always miss out the R. And I just go pre-pod, which also works, which is great. Um, but anyway, I digress. So I said to you about the fact that the run game never really got going, and that's because obviously I only saw about eight minutes total of the whole game on Game Pass. <laughs> Not to keep going on about it. Yeah. Um, but actually it wasn't a case of that. We simply just didn't really use the run game. Um, and I guess one of the questions, I'm, it seems a good time to bat back at you. Um, if I look at the uh, carries that Adrian Peterson got, so he had 19 carries, 120 yards, two touchdowns. Mm. Um, Smith had a couple of scrambles. Chris Thompson with six carries in there. We went uh, in total uh, for for the running backs. We had fifteen carries between the three running backs between Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, and that was it. And I think if you take off, I'm just trying to do the math in my head, eighty seven yards. I think for the three running backs. I think Aaron Rodgers had thirteen himself. So. Um, at times, I mean, Aaron Jones, for example, got 42 yards on six carries, which I think averages around seven. Um, and we just then stopped using him, just kind of left him on the bench. Now, I get it that later on in the game, once you get behind, you need to start throwing the ball more. But at the point where we were still in the game and only one or two scores down, we still weren't particularly using our run game. And I guess the question I've got for you is, is this McCarthy's play calling? Or do you think, uh, Aaron Rodgers, is he ignoring the plays he's been given or is he audible in out of them? Um, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Because if it's Mike McCarthy not using the run, then he's on the hot seat more than ever for me right now. Yeah, it's an abomination, whatever it is. What I found telling was is that there was a time in the game where the comms helmet went down in Aaron's ear and you can see him at, on the sideline saying, I can see you, but I can't hear you. And then I'd love to go back to that point. I just didn't have time today and see exactly what what the plays were. Were they all throw intensive or was there some run um, plays in there? And if there was, that would answer your question um, pretty convincingly, I would think. Um, it's like anything else. I mean, you go for your matchup and all the rest. I don't know if a quarterback, depending on who it is, of course, you know, would pick the runner. They always have that sort of belief in their ability, especially when you're the best of all time um, in Aaron Rodgers. But it is an abomination. And to kind of sort of drive that point home, under one of the Clay Matthews sort of, oh my God, this is unbelievable, from one of the official accounts, it was like ESPN or one of those, you know, uh, big Twitter accounts. And there was all of this, oh God, this is BS. I can't believe all Clay again. This is like, how are we supposed to watch the game? And then it was just this lone Washington fan, excuse me, um, who who turned around and said, uh, oh, uh, you know, you yous were running the ball on us really, really well and I don't, you were gouging us with the run. I don't understand why you just didn't keep doing that because we were toast. 
And I don't get it, Ryan. I don't get it at all how we don't keep with the run game. But the, we had a meme about this about like three, four years ago where we'd say third and one and it was a picture of Mike McCarthy in the cold and at the top it said third and <laughs> one and underneath it said Hail Mary because that's, you know, I don't know whether it's like the coaches overthinking it and sort of think, oh, well, they expect us to run then because it's going well. Let's pass. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know whether it's it's trying to be too clever, but we were getting purchased. But if you see, the, the thing is, it was frustrating on the night because uh, Washington were doing everything that, and it was just everything was just working out for them. I mean, I'd like to look at the wet conditions, and I was I was going to sort of use some of that tack tonight and say, oh, it was wet conditions, so you know it wasn't. That's why you'd want to run the ball more, and that's you could sort of blame that almost on Cobb's fumble in the fact that the ball was ripped out of slippier conditions, harder to hang on to, but everything just seemed to work for for Washington on the night so like there was that massive 46 yard uh, touchdown which was again blown coverage by Bryce he's able to haul that in from 46 yards and then Adrian Peterson goes 120 yards on the night with 72 of those coming after contact and that's according to Rob Domofsky from ESPN uh, who he got it from ESPN stats and information that's a pretty yeah. shocking indictment of our defense um, on the night so regardless of what yeah. we do on offense on defense you know we couldn't stop anything and the amount of hashtag fire capers tweets that i saw it became pretty nauseating by the end of it right and <laughs> um, but like in every department we were pretty much beaten weren't we i mean last night there's, there's it's hard to come up with an yeah, excuse I mean, for anything like yeah i mean even the special teams i mean it wasn't mason crosby's fault but obviously we had the you know bad snap on the field goal attempt that led to a jk scott's uh go i thought generally those special teams outside of that were quite good um was it valdez scantlin in particular i thought mm. Um, covered the field well. Did he, he was the guy that recovered the, I think the punts, um, forced forced fair catches. I'm sure I'm sure it was him. Yeah, I'm and sure there was, it was a boom MBS, attack so. in there as well from him. So yeah, he did really well. Yeah, exactly. So there was that was nice. I thought on special teams, but I mean, if we, if we're really going to highlight, and I think we are, or I am anyway, highlighting that special teams was our brightest moment. Then then we got problems. Um, Defense wise, I think the two players, maybe three. I'll stretch it to three. The three players for me that came out of it with some credibility. Um, Kenny Clark I thought was brilliant again um, I really think with him being so young um, there's a good chance he could be on this team for a long time and I think we'll just continue to get better and stronger um, Blake Martinez was another one that I thought was particularly good uh, and uh, probably J.R. Alexander as well he just you know he's, he looks really solid I thought we really missed Kevin King um, yeah. and yeah unfortunately the two safeties I mean, I love Kentrell Bryce. I know, uh, I know that people people know that he's. You know, I am a fan of him. Uh, but the two safeties were poor. Uh, just just at times, I think the corners were looking. Um, the corners were looking as though they were having really bad games at times because they were being let down by the safety help. The the deep play that you were saying, I think it was Richardson that that touchdown wasn't it? Um, yeah. Which was the the long one that went over both of them. I mean, what they're doing there, they I don't know. They just they basically just lose the ball. Um, and what what I thought was particularly disappointing for Kentrell Bryce is he basically came out after the game, and again I don't have it in front of me word for word, but I think he essentially says I was just doing what I was asked to be asked to do by my coaches. I was in cover four, blah blah blah. You know, blame everybody else. You know, it's it didn't look good last night on defense. Okay, now. I don't want to give up on things. Oren Brooks obviously came back. That's a positive. Was particularly quiet, I would say, but he came back. Reggie Gilbert was quiet. He's been good in recent weeks. Um, 
But I think, yeah, and obviously the horrible injury to Mohamed Wilkerson as well is, is going to hurt us going forward. Um, there's a good chance. I, th- I think it was he's he's done for the season. So it just doesn't look good on defence right now. And um, yeah, I guess you were right in the fact, and I think you probably hit it on the head there, is that Washington, everything they did seemed to work. And every, everything we tried to do didn't. Um, the positives with that going forward is I don't believe the players that had the bad, bad nights that they had on offence and defence can have bad nights like that again. I think it all just came on one night at the same time to lots of players. Um you know, it was just a tough one to take, but it wasn't wasn't easy to watch. Yeah, and I think if you were to have gone into some sort of vortex or coma in 2008 and you were to wake up and go, OK, I want to get back into fantasy football, uh, give me Vernon Davis and, and Adrian Peterson. And any other year you'd get laughed at, you know, but it <laughs> seemed like that would work now, you know, because there's yeah. always these memes and jokes like, oh, you know, and they come up with something and you're like, oh, that's so outlandish. So that that would work now. Um, you know, if you, if you were to go back and do that outlandish, like what next? Are we going to see like Peyton Manning making a massive comeback? It's just seemed a bit ridiculous on the night that we were getting beaten by Vernon Davis. It just seems like Dom Capers always prided himself on and I'm not harking back to Dom Capers like that's what I want. But Dom Capers, his phrase that he always came out with was, is, you know, don't get beaten on a big play, but then we subsequently would get beaten consecutively on small plays until they sort of, you know, <laughs> yeah. baby stepped their way into the end zone. Yeah. Um, and sometimes not even baby steps. Whereas this time around, it... Right, let me try to take a positive tack. Maybe if we can cut out the big plays and Kentra Bryce can wise up and haha Clinton Dix can stop running backwards because I thought he was particularly poor on the night as well. And again, just as uh. I was about to say, he's playing really poor again. He comes down with that interception which to me looked like he could have got burned because, yes, Jordan Reed quit on the route, which you never do, yada, yada. But if Alex Smith had got the head up and saw that Clinton Dix potentially was in there for some defensive pass interference um, and then ran to the sideline where the route should have been, if he just would have hit Jordan Reed at that point instead of the person in the white jersey, well, then perhaps that would have went for another big gain. Um, And that happened again on, I think it was Vernon Davis got a massive gain um, I think it was Josh Jackson was picked on um, and then Haha Clinton Dick spent most of his time pointing and running backwards again and I just don't understand some of his plays sometimes I mean I was a prideful guy and what frustrates me more about him is and I know I seem like I'm coming on the podcast every time and I'm not trying to do this unprofessional stuff like trash around like that I think he has the potential to be an absolutely lights out player and that's why this is so shocking sometimes when I see some silly mistakes and he was another player kind of like Bryce Rhino that came out last year and kind of blamed the coach, blamed the players that were inexperienced, blah, blah, blah. And speaking of, and I want your opinion on this, Devon House was absolutely a liability in this game. Between piggybacking the offensive player into the end zone and then somehow looking dejected when he got called um, for the penalty is just beyond yeah. me it's just it's not serviceable anymore it's it's you know it's not adding value yeah i mean it, it was a silly penalty um without doubt it was an obvious penalty we're not going to dispute this one um his play hasn't been up to the standards that i, w- I think that we and probably himself expects right now mm. um but i mean what, what are the other options on the team uh, you know you got maybe the younger guys can come in you try those guys out they've probably been tried out in previous seasons um, you've got probably guys that we let go. We could have kept them. Maybe, maybe house gets cut. I don't know. It's it's a tough one. I thought Tremont Williams probably also looked like he had a bad night, but I actually, don't think. I think that, like I said earlier, both corners probably had a tough night, in the sense that 
Um, they didn't have the help from the safeties. Okay, the the one that did have a good night, Joe Alexander, obviously. Um, but I think the other two were probably not helped by by inconsistency at the safety position. And and to go back to Ha Ha, I think in particular, you, you you're absolutely right. We've seen flashes that this guy could be one of the best in the league when he's on his day. The problem is that one interception every game kind of papers over it. Mm. And so if you, if you ask people now, oh, ha-ha, performance the other night, you know, they look on a stat sheet, it's got an interception on there. Um, you know, that's all very well, but the, I think overall he just sit, still seems to be scared of tackling. I think there's one where he's following Jordan Reed. I think it has a reception. He's going out with him to the to the sideline, um, sort, of, sort of shadowing as they come across together. Yeah. And Jordan Reed manages to put the brakes on and go back in a different direction. And ha-ha just kind of jogs off, carries on going. Now, I get it. If someone makes a cut, that's great. But if you're a speedy running back, a speedy receiver, I get it that someone can cut a move. But if you're telling me you can't keep up with a cut of a big tight end that's about 46 years old, then I don't get it. I don't know how old he is, by the way. I'm just saying he's a big old tight end. And here's here's one thing that I see quoted as well. They're saying that Washington scored 28 points in the first half and only three in the second. And they were like, oh, the defense improved much. But I would proffer, and not to be overly negative and to really bum people out of a Monday or Tuesday, is that if you're up that much, if you're up 28 to 10, you start to play conservatively, you start to run more, you start to run down the clock. So I don't think that's indicative particularly. Um, of a defense that really stepped up to the mark I think it's a mixture of the defense getting embarrassed and trying to to play and the offense um, trying to catch up versus you know a Washington team who's like we have the win in the bag let's just run this game out and just cling on to it for the end so I don't know how you feel yeah. about it do you think the defense made a notable step up in the second half or do you think it was the case where Washington said screw it let's just keep um, on to this lead and get a field goal where we can a touchdown if they give up a chunk play uh, I think some adjustments were made I mean yeah I guess I guess the adjustments were made um, I don't know that it particularly stepped up I don't know if there was a bit of both from both sides um, there was still nothing I, it's, a, it's a difficult one to decide one because obviously of the second half I saw about three and a half minutes with my game pass um, but I think <laughs> It's particularly difficult to try and judge the defense when, at the moment, it looks it looks quite bad. Um, next week, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, look, there's there's options at safety, and I know people are not, you know, Green Bay don't necessarily do this in recent years, but obviously we do have a new GM now. There's people out there that are available right now that can come and help us, and I think we've got a big issue there. I think we're good up front. Mo Wilkerson's a big loss, but I think we have, you know, the likes of Montrevious Adams and Dean Lowry. Maybe they can come in, step up. We've got a good front. Linebackers, yeah, we're struggling a bit. But however, on their days, you've got Blake, who's one of the best in the in, in the middle, I believe, in the league. And obviously, I've got my Packers glasses on there. But I do believe he's one of the best middle linebackers in the league. He just hasn't got a lot around him right now helping him. Nick Perry on his day can be great. Clay Matthews, if the refs will get off his back and let him actually tackle anybody, can be great and still can be great. Okay? Yeah. But it's our secondary. So our corners, I believe, are good. I believe our young guys that are starting out are good. Um, you know, you got King going to come back. It's safety we're struggling. And there's people out there. So you've got Seattle right now are um, shopping, whatever his name is. 
Oh, I, I forgot this earlier as well. Yeah. There Thomas. you go. Oh, Thomas. They're shopping him. Now, I've seen that the longer this goes on, the weaker their position comes. And that actually, you could be looking at now third round picks or a late second round pick, that sort of area. Right. And, and I would say to you now, and I haven't got anything in front of me, so I can't quote names. How many second and third round picks have we picked in, let's say, the last 10 years that turned out to be nothing and make nothing, uh, not make any impact on the team and just sort of disappear away? Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's some in there. So why not take a risk and get a fix-it-now player? Also, probably one that's going to be less popular with, I can't remember what the vote was in Wisconsin, but uh, let's just say those that disagree with the kneeling thing. Um, but Eric Reed, he's yeah. another guy that's available as a free agent right now. Why have Green Bay not even got him in for a workout to have a look at the guy? Has he kept himself in shape? Is he ready to play? What kind of money is he looking for? Have we even asked those questions? He was a very, very good safety. And I say was, I think he was as when he when he essentially when he went out of contract and nobody picked him up, he was a good safety. I think it was just this negativity around the kneeling thing that's maybe stopped him being picked up. But why have we not even had a look? I mean, do the Packers recognise that we have an issue back there or do they not? Yeah. If they're maybe they're just merrily going along saying, No, no, we're fine there. We just got you know, it will come together week four against the Bills and then then we'll be okay. But my feeling is that, you know, I I can't remember who tweeted it this week, but six players came in for work workouts before the game, so like last week, and four of them were ride out, uh, were wideouts. One was a quarterback, Brogan Roback. If anyone was watching Hard Knocks, he was in, and and then some other guy. I forget who you are. Sorry, I know you're probably listening. Um, <laughs> but you know that we we didn't bring in any safeties to have a look at. I don't, I don't understand what we're doing. I don't know why we're not going to try and figure out. How, I mean, would you pick up either of them guys? Or is there anybody else you'd pick up? No. Like, I wouldn't be going wide receiver. And I just don't I just don't understand that unless there's something going on that we don't know about. Um, but here's here's a few things that I was thinking. And not that we have, you know, a bum game. And then we kind of think, oh, that's it. The, the, everything's doomed. Let's just get on and have a rant sesh for 40 to 50 minutes. But I can honestly not remember the last time Green Bay won a game comfortably where you're like oh we have it like the i don't know and it always seemed like any time that we did have a one two touchdown lead it was always like oh there's the defense again i don't know it's really odd i i used to remember sitting down and enjoying blowing teams out of it dropping 50 burgers on the bears but i can't remember a recent game where it hasn't been hard attack pack and secondly i'll say and it's more so statements as opposed to questions that i just don't know how you feel about them um, is that I, I, I'm sick of looking at the, the team on a you know on a piece of paper and go oh, two to three tight end sets that's going to murder the opposition when it hasn't happened we've Mercedes Lewis Lance Kendricks and Jimmy Graham and it doesn't seem like we've been able to get it going I fully appreciate that it's week three and I also fully appreciate the fact that Aaron Rodgers is carrying an injury which you know we might be adding a hamstring tightness or pull or strain or whatever it is onto that as well according to some sources and i get that but it's just two narratives i guess that are out there for me one is that it's always hard attack back lately it's never a comfortable game and two is that what we deem on paper as two tight ends just never works out ryan any reason why both of those exist in our universe right now? Okay, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll, let's answer the the two and three tight end sets. We've seen it a couple of times so far this season, and they stick in my head generally because it worked. Um, but we're probably going to see those mainly in the run game. 
Okay, but we're also ignoring the run game. So I wonder if that's where the majority of those sets are coming from. Um, now, obviously, you'll have pass plays within those sets, but generally, if you bring out three tight ends, the opposition's going to think they're probably running this. Um, you get us up for that, and then maybe you have sort of like slants or, or outs or whatever, or sort of flag routes for, for your tight ends to run. Um, but generally, it's going to be a run play. But as we've already said, we kind of ignore the run play, and then what we tend to do is just really simply put the running back in next to the quarterback and have a sort of delay or a dive up the middle. Um, it's not very not very inventive. It works at times, but it's not inventive. Um, so maybe that's that's the reason for that. Um, the other question, I can't believe I man remembered all the questions earlier. I forgot <laughs> your second question. Yeah. So one is that why why is it always hard to take back, and two the tight end sets. Why are the games oh, always yeah, yeah, yeah. close, Ryan? Right. Okay. Because do you know why? And I, I don't want to be. See, now I'm going to sound like the negative Nelly. <laughs> do it. It's. It suddenly came to my realisation whilst I was watching all six and a half minutes of the game on Game Pass live yesterday. Yeah. Um, I hope that everyone's gone back and going to add these up and see what minutes it actually came out to that I saw. Uh, but I think the realisation came to me that... Oh, see, I don't even want to say this. <laughs> Maybe not the realisation. Let's see. Let's say my f a fear has presented itself and now I'm trying to work out if it's right or not. Is it that simply... We are, obviously, we, we all bleed green and gold, everybody listening, um, including Aaron Rodgers and, and all the other guys that are listening back home. We bleed green and gold, and have we just missed that actually this team has been getting... I don't even want to say it because everyone's going to kill me. But are we just getting worse and worse, and are we not the team that we simply think we are? I think I go into every season quite blindly saying, yep, we're going at the Super Bowl. We're going at the Super Bowl, we're going at the Super Bowl. And... Last year, we had the excuse, well, Aaron Rodgers was injured. Of course, we weren't going to go to the Super Bowl, but next year, we're going. Aaron Rodgers is injured again. And maybe you could blame it on, that's not a team thing. Um, you know, that's just a bad luck. But I, I don't know. I, I really don't know if we're as good as we think. And I, and I think I've mentioned this before. My biggest worry is that for an Aaron Rodgers-led Green Bay Packers, is that he, we end up not, I don't want to say wasting, wasting his years, but if we get to the end of Aaron Rodgers' careers and Aaron Rodgers has just one Super Bowl, like we did with Brett Favre, and we go from being a franchise that most people would be so jealous to have, we have two of the best quarterbacks after the, uh, over the last, what, 20-something years now? I'm guessing. Uh, my maths are not wonderful. Uh, but we have two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game over the past 20 years, and we so far have amounted to two Super Bowls during that time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah this uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. This this seventh round pick up in up in New England can win five or six or whatever he's got now. I don't know. I've lost count. Gets beaten by the you Lions. Know, the, that, that's they get yeah, bet, he did, he bet did, by did, the Lions. Got got bet by the Lions. Um, but this is my worry: Are the Green Bay Packers not the team that we as fans think we are? And if we were, I'm not even going to put a team, uh, team to this. But if we were fans of other teams, did did other teams look at us and go, "The Green Bay Packers are an average team"? Mm. Or do they look at us and go, they're a great team, but they're just having bad luck? And I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And I'm not saying I believe in one either the way, but I'm just kind of asking that question now. If we were fans of other teams, how would other teams judge us as the Green Bay Packers? You see, it is a confusing one. So you'd look at it like last season we tanked, and that's because we didn't have Aaron Rodgers. And then people were saying, oh, well, it goes to show that you're just an average team. 
when you don't have Aaron Rodgers and he elevates everybody. But is that not the case for everybody? You know, when your quarterback goes down and forget about the Eagles because they had Nick Foles in and let's not kid ourselves in the fact that... Yeah, but uh, yeah, Fitzpatrick. (laughs) But like these are two. Fitzpatrick was doing it in uh, New York for the New York Jets, and he broke all type of records that Joe Namath had before. So that's kind of explains that. Also, that he knows he's only in for three games, so he can throw caution to the wind, and he has ridiculous weapons there in Deshaun Jackson, um, Mike Evans, and all the all the other players there, right? So again, you're kind of thinking like it's no Jordy Nelson who's you know supposedly lost a step and all this type of lark. Um, and second off, so the Eagles, and if you look at them, they have weapons all over the roster. You can sort of, you know, put different quarterbacks in there. And as well as that, if you look at uh, Doug Pedersen, he's sort of specializes in developing quarterbacks. And Nick Foles was breaking all types of records when he was a starter previously. So that doesn't really count. But if you get any team like like Blake Bortles when he's playing trash for the Jaguars, they tank. Even though they're a fantastic team, a really strong defense, they still lose, which they did at the weekend. So I don't subscribe to that, um, you know, as sort of proof that the oh, yeah, the Packers were average. It's just Aaron Rodgers sort of papering over the cracks. And then you're right on what you're saying. It's, it's really frustrating because if you look at the individual players, I think we have, again, what gets to us is that on paper, we have something that's really fantastic. So do we look at the fact that it's just the individual players that can let, us down in certain situations is it unfortunate injuries is it bad coaching and play calling because Aaron Rodgers is the best that's ever played it J.K. Scott the Aaron Rodgers of punters uh, Aaron Jones Jamal Williams <laughs> Ty Montgomery uh, you know an absolute stable to behold Devontae Adams is I see number one in the NFL uh, for touchdowns over the period that he's been doing in 25 and X amount of years uh, Jimmy Graham is up there albeit getting older but still has a massive wingspan so fantastic Randall Cobb by the way have you, was, got, have you uh, sorry have you got any comments from Jimmy Graham this week any comments yeah actually <laughs> we, you know what when we keep we have a, we have a very exciting interview with Jimmy Graham coming up on the next podcast <laughs> so do stay tuned for that one um, so Randall Cobb and it was so frustrating he had a terrible game and unlike uh, Kentrell Bryce who said uh, we were in cover four I was doing what I was supposed to be doing outside of that ask the coach which is just absolutely ridiculous a quote from Randall Cobb was is that he had a third down drop on the first drive a fourth down drop a fumble I played terrible and I don't give us an opportunity to win that's coming from an absolute champ now he played fantastically yeah, the first two games it is Ryan and like people come yeah. in and said to me oh Randall Cobb's trash I can't believe you know get rid of him he had a bad day in the office he just had a bad night yeah but so did he everybody right? um so to, to I guess to round out my point is Kenny Clark, world beater, Blake Martinez, the most tackles in the league. Jair Alexander looks like a shining light. Um, you know, Ha Clinton Dix is a pro bowler who's not playing like a pro bowler. So Mason Crosby is Mason Balls of Steel Crosby. So we have all of these players like on special teams, defense, offense that are really, really good players, but why we can't put it all together? Um and like you said, is that do we come to the realization that we're like, is, is that not good enough to, to put a bit of daylight between us and teams? Because I think if we were to catch those passes, you know, those th- that massive one to Lance Kendrick, that those ones to Randall Cobb, we'd be talking about a different game. Maybe we're just not getting out to that because look at it, right? Bears, uh, we were behind. Vikings, we were ahead and we should have kept on to it. Only some absolutely bogus crap play from our safeties again put us behind and that bogus play on Matthews and not getting that interception. So you can kind of explain those two. We were chasing our tails against the Bears. We're chasing our tails again against Washington. 
and it just seems like that's when we're not at our best but here's one thing that rings true to me and I don't know if it does to you why is it that over the last number of seasons it seems like we have to be down a certain amount of points to go oh actually we're actually really good and then come back and and you know do short passing put in the Packer slants um you know go to our first read uh up the tempo go no huddle why are we waiting till the end of the game to do all of these things when they're all the things that work from the start why like i don't know i don't know and i do think at some point the the spotlight is going to be cast more over mccarthy yeah um i think we said it at the start of the season if we didn't we should have um you know once you essentially sack everybody around you and replace everybody if the same things continue to happen then maybe you have to start looking closer to home I don't want the guy gone. I, I liked him as a coach. I think he's been good over the years, but it does make you wonder if at some point that will be the next change. But I do think we do think we need to be careful though, because I have to keep reminding myself we're three weeks in. Somehow we are second in the division. Uh, the Chicago Bears are top of the division, uh, which just sounds mental, um, and. Yeah, and somehow we're on a, a, the same record, I think, as the Cleveland Browns right now. But it is only week three. Yeah. So the, the the best thing about all of this is we have new coaching staff, we have new players on the field, we have new schemes, we have new this, new that. Um, let's say it was raining last night, because uh, that's always a big factor. And Aaron Rodgers does have a gammy knee, and yet he's still managing to produce something. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, is not, his stat line would have been very different had all those people caught the ball that you just mentioned. So... I know I was being a negative nearly earlier, and I think probably all Green Bay Packers fans were today. And I think they were entitled to be. But it's week three. There's plenty of time to get stuff figured out. Hopefully, I, I do really hope that we can go out there and have a look at some of these safeties that are available because I think we need something else back there right now. Um, I don't... I don't I don't think we're going to do it. I think we'll stick with who we've got, but I would like us to go and have a look at the safeties out there. Um, but I think there's a lot we can fix simply by going to training, working hard. Um, next week needs to be a statement game, I think, with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um, they need to go. They need to go into that game with the attitude that we need to send a message that yes, the team that lost last week to the to Washington, it was a bad week. We had bad drops. We had bad luck. We had bad calls from the referee. But this is the team we are. And I think it was particularly frustrating losing last night because the Vikings also lost. It was a time to, for us to sort of step up, go ahead, top of the division. Mm. Um, one game in front of the Vikings would have been nice. Didn't happen. But next week against the Bills, the, the biggest thing with this is if you look at the division now, and because it's so early, if you're going to have a loss like this where just everything goes to crap on one night, then it's this early in the season to do it because there's still time to come back and do something about it. Um, and I think if I can try and bring any positivities from this, it's that. It's that it's early in the season. There was a lot of changes off-season in terms of personnel on and off the field. And we're just trying to figure stuff out. There was a hell of a lot of bad luck last night. Um, you know, there was a hell of a lot of uh, plays or, or mistakes by players um, that you you know normally wouldn't associate with. Um, I think another one we haven't mentioned but probably should, Brian Balaga's injury is going to be another big one. Um, unfortunately, Jason Spriggs looked at times was just sort of getting run over by uh, Kerrigan in particular. Um, you know, there was just a lot of it was just a lot of shit last night. Simple as that. 
And I think that next week, the Green Bay Packers have to go into that game and really make a statement. I know the Bills did what they did. I don't know how they did what they did. They probably ruined a lot of betting slips, I'm guessing, last night. Um, but I think at the end of the day, the Bills haven't suddenly just become a great team. I think for whatever reason, the Minnesota Vikings also had an off night. Um, and maybe the Bills just, just had a night where everything clicked. So next week has to be a statement game. If we're talking after next week's game, we're talking in the same vein, then I'd really start to get worried about the season. Yeah, and an honourable mention or dishonourable mention to Lane Taylor, who has been looked fantastic up to this point, um, as being getting kind of turned around an awful lot as well, um, which hasn't helped. But it was a weird it was a weird week, um, really weird in the sense that you know, there was games all around the league where really odd stuff was happening. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with an ACL tear that ends his season. Uh, you know, New England get smushed by Detroit. Um, you know, the New York Giants get a win when they looked absolutely hopeless. Jacksonville, who who had beaten the Patriots, end up getting beaten by the Tennessee Titans, who hadn't won a game all season. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes looks like he's Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Dan Marino, Peyton Manning. Everyone rolled up into one with all the bad stuff thrown away. Um, Oakland still haven't got a win, so I well, I guess some things stay the same. Like you said, Buffalo twenty seven to six. Um, you know, the Bears I believe got four interceptions in the last quarter maybe i have to still look at those highlights um you know and then they end up coming away with the win 16 14 over arizona even though they were getting beaten um and then cleveland brown got a win which is odd as well it's just a really twilight zoney kind of week so i hope we can sort of regroup and i hope mike Petton can do something with the d ryan where it changes the looks because we've seen that happen yeah. right where they bunch up at the line and then they disperse so a bit more of that action maybe to cover the poor safety play yeah and i think they'll be working on that all week i think i think with with these sort of dodgy calls on these QB hits and that, and there's a lot of people saying, you know, you're ruining the game I love. Um, you know, I don't know what the game is anymore. The game's changed, all this. The one thing that we do love is that the NFL is unpredictable and that mm. uh, to, to go by the quote, sort of any given Sunday, anyone can win um, or Thursday night or Monday night. Um, but, you know, anybody can win at any time. Anybody can come good. Anybody can suddenly go on a bad run, a good run. You know, stars will come, undrafted free agents will become superstars and superstars will be cut and disappear off into the sunset. You know, this is the NFL. This is why we love it. And yet you're absolutely right. Those scores and those other games that you mentioned through the week, that is why we all watch American football. Um, but right now we'd like to see the Green Bay Packers performing just a bit better than they are. Yeah, and as you said at the, in the middle of the pod, we're Packers fans till we die. We do this 24-7. We're not having an L... And I'll moan, um, but it was pretty horrendous for you. We, we anybody who says that it wasn't, uh, yeah, we were. <laughs> but anyone who says that it was anything other than that, uh, you know, just come on, get the rose tinted glasses off the face and just admit the fact that we sucked. Um, and it was just a sucky game and we'll come back and blah, blah, blah. And any of the Packers actually listening, players, uh, we know they do. Um, you know, it's not personal. Yep. All right. But you need to step your game up, pal, because you're getting millions. All right. Mm -hmm. Kind of ruin their Sundays, bro. Um, I think but that's. I was just gonna say let, let's let's wrap the game talk there and let, let's get on to some other stuff right now. Let's let's talk some other business. Right, press box polos. They're being delivered today. So I, all the people asking, we apologize. Um, it's taken really long to to get them out just on this run. Um, a multiple factors came together, but they're all out as of today, right? I think the issue was as well is that we sold well. There was just a lot more sales than uh, than I guess our, our guy thought there was going to be. And uh, yeah, I think so. They, they should be getting out soon. Those have ordered jerseys as well. I think there's been some baseball jerseys as well. I think there's been some. Um, just so you know, me and Steve haven't got ours either yet. So it's not like we're sat here all geared up 
and you guys have yeah, to wait. You know we found out today? We're at the back of the queue. We're la- yeah, we're last. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, we What's are actually at the behavior? back of the queue. Holy Jesus. Yeah. So there you go. Yours are all being sent out today. Ours are being sent out on Friday, I think it's it was said, wasn't it? Yeah, end of so, week, yeah. which you know is... You know. It's because they have to source extra material for my size. That's what it is. Is that what it is? Yeah. And, you know, put that yeah, sort of gold up. thread that you've requested in. Yes. When you get up to the sort of 5XL, you sort of just start shopping at millets. That's where they get in mind. They're just going to put embroidered badge on it. Yeah. Just go and get uh, parachutes yeah. and stuff. Like, have you got any spare parachutes from the <laughs> army? Um, yeah, just call it, you know, salute the servicemen, really. They're just dressing you in a, a paraglider or a parachute or stuff. Do you know what I'm looking forward to, though, Rhino? I'm looking forward to the tree, the cheese shorts, which doesn't sound very appetizing. Um, and we do, they're not like scratch and sniff. They don't smell like cheese. Um, but the, yeah, the shorts <laughs> are going to be pretty comfy. And I do believe, as a man who works from home, I think I'll be taking calls in my shorts. Yeah, from now on. So we're going yeah. to take a couple of pictures of them and get them on the website because we only have the kind of design pictures and they make it look like they're only fit for a Lego man when in fact they do Yeah, fit they look a bit like Spongebob people. shorts, don't yeah. they? Because they're literally square in shape. But yeah, I think it's going to be great because anybody walking down the road in their cheese shorts, people are going to be looking at them like they're slightly crazy. Yeah. Uh, so you, I guess that it'll be like one of them things where if you know what it means, you're kind of in this secret club. So you need your cheese shorts. Um, baseball jerseys as well I still can't wait to get mine on that one yeah um, they are particularly beautiful uh, but yeah so get on there and get yours and if you are waiting don't worry you'll get yours before me and Steve do yeah and send us plenty of pics and again uh, not being flippant about it we really do honestly apologise about the bit of a delay they, they're usually turned around really fast but it was a mixture of quantity of orders and time of year when you know school yeah. embroidered stuff goes out um, with the manufacturer so another um, yep. notable mention Rhino is the NFL Europe shop so our link wasn't working for like a week or whatever it was or maybe longer um, so it's a bit of a pain in the arse when that goes down we don't know until someone tells us so you go onto our website you click the 10% off link in NFL Europe shop you go in and you can get 10% off everything doesn't matter what team it is doesn't matter if it's already on sale which is the best time to do it so anytime you get that email from nfl europe shop that says flash sale 20 percent off yeah you know dive on hit the link and get that extra 10 percent off on top of that again yeah um it automatically adds it when you get to the till because i know we've had people come to us before and go yeah but i haven't got a code i haven't got anything to put in blah 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 blah. Mm. it's when you get to the till it will show 10 percent off for uk yeah. packers and Steve, you're absolutely right. It's funny you should mention the email there because I had one today saying some items up to 30% off. Well, I have make it 40, but Which is wonderful <laughs> because you, yeah, you start there and then you get a further 10% off with our offer as well and they do tend to work together. So um, get onto the website, ukpackers.co.uk and click the banner on the bottom and it takes you straight to it. Do you it. know what annoys me, Don? It's a pet peeve, right? I would love to say, so you have 30% off, you click the 10% link off and then you get 40% off. But mathematically, you're getting 10% yeah, off way, 30% reduced see, item. So you're not getting the extra 10. So Yeah, see, because I thought, right, I thought when you said that, I thought, well, they, they, I don't think it works as simply as that. And I thought, no, no, I won't say it because I'm not going to be that guy that, that, you know, tries to correct the accountant. Yeah, I dive. I thought I'd dive in, but it's not as sexy if you say 30% off, get an extra 10, and you have 37.4%, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just not sexy. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's fine. Should have gone for it, though. I'm really regretting that I didn't. Okay, so what else have we got to talk about? What else is coming up? I don't know. A Packers win against Buffalo, maybe. Yeah, it's the meetup in Manchester. Ooh! The meetup in Manchester is this week coming for Packers and Bills. And if you uh, haven't got your tickets yet and you're in the area and you want to go, 
and there's a great number of people already gone. This is a ticketed event. It's uh, not one that's set up by me and Steve personally, mm. um, but it's done with a company that operate up in the north, um, and they're called uh, Gridiron and Gravy, uh, and I think their Twitter handle is simply Gridiron Gravy. Uh, Go on there, find the event. You can also find it on Facebook just by simply searching Gridiron and Gravy Events. Um, and I think you'll find it on our Facebook page as well. And all the links are on there for tickets. It's £5 for a ticket. And I believe you get to watch American football, i.e. the Gridiron. And you get to have pie, gravy and mash and everything else, i.e. the gravy. Um, it's all self-explanatory, really. And you need to get on there and get your tickets. Yeah, because it's the whole fire marshal action. Because at our last event, I think we had 120 Packer fans. Um so it was, we did. yeah, it was nuts. So, and they only had a capacity of about 140. So, yeah, which is why, and I think they had to sort of not have not really turn people away, but it got to the phase where they were like, right, we need to stop selling tickets now because it's getting ridiculous. So, yeah, the power yeah. of the UK pack, go pack, go. But yeah, there's a lot of people going. So, uh, if you're in the area and you've, you've never met anybody before, then, then you'd be able to sort of buy a ticket, go along on your own, and within five minutes, you'll know most of the team. Yeah. Um, Tom Coles in particular probably just be stood on the bar with a bottle of uh, Sambuca or something pouring it over his own head. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's normally, yeah. normally, it's normally the sign that you're in the right place. Yeah, you don't need to know who he is or what he looks like beforehand. You'll just know. It's one of those yeah. things. You'll just go. There's a guy on the bar pouring. You're right. That's 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 that Tom they always mention. Yeah, and that's yeah. the silver lining that you can go to the game. And we had a couple of lads out at the game actually in the in Washington, and they said that it was still great that they met some again seemingly lifelong friends in Packers fans and that they've been invited to tailgate with the fans at the LA game so big shout out to to the boys that went mm. over and fair play to you it's, it's, the, it's the same all the time it's a dank game at times like when we went over and got washed by the uh, Dallas Cowboys scrubbed got a sudsy by the Dallas Cowboys and Dak who's looking trash out this season um, but yeah I've, uh, I've, still, I've still never seen a game where the Packers have lost in, just, just saying. Never seen a game. Well, yeah. So last night didn't count because Game Pass didn't work. Uh, but oh, come on. Yeah, yeah. I, I meant attend. So every time I've attended a, a Wisconsin game, we've won, which is once. Uh, and every time I've attended Green Bay, they've won. And even high school, I haven't even seen the uh, the high school team lose. So I'm on a pretty good record. You almost lost your life though with the cold at that Auschwitz on Jaguars game. I think, I think, I, I think, yeah, I think I did lose my life. Coldest um, you've ever been yeah, in your life. Uh yes, yes. Did you feel like a Napoleonic soldier day. marching on Russia? I have to say though, uh, what was his name? Andy, and Andrew Walker. Yeah. Yes, Andrew Walker. Now, he rocked up to that Friday night high school football game, and it is without doubt the coldest I've ever been. And he rocked up in a pair of shorts, <laughs> and I think like a hoodie type top. Nothing much for that weather. Uh, and it was so cold. We went down on the field afterwards and we were trying to throw footballs back and forth to each other and you literally couldn't even bend your fingers to hold the football. I don't know how the quarterback was doing it. Mm. And we tried to kick footballs over the post and they were like kicking bricks. And this guy was stood there in shorts and I don't know how he did it. But he survived. I think he's still alive to tell the tale. Um, but yeah, it's certainly the coldest I've ever been. Speaking of, we haven't heard from Andrew in a while. <laughs> so Andrew, if you're listening. Yeah. and Andrew, yeah, Andrew, if you're listening, please get in touch. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard from him since that night did you see him at the game nah um, but anyway that I guess that wraps it up so sorry for having a bleeding moan fest that just um, yeah please yeah 
It was just one of them nights. But I think, look, there was no point in getting on here and go, oh, yeah, but there were some good things, you know. Yeah. Josh Jackson had three tackles and uh, Jerseys were other nice. stuff happened. Yeah. 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 Not much point, is there? Let's, let's be, you have to be honest. I don't feel like we were beating up the team. Um, I just think that, you know, we need to see a response next week. Yeah. And we'll get on and we'll be so glowing when we beat the Buffalo Bills by 10 points to three. Um, so to be sure <laughs> from myself at NFL on Twitter from your buddy your pal at Ryan Peacock follow the group at UK Packers get on to Insta and follow at UK Packers Facebook at UK Packers and also the private group on Facebook is always banging till um, the 10 minute takedown on Thursday see you bye